welcome to the Junction Church Aberdeen podcast. We're so glad you chose to listen to this life-changing message. Wonderful. Well, last um, uh, Sunday we started um, uh, a new series um, for which we have a series for which we have no no name. Neil Munro afterwards said to me, he said last Sunday was bare knuckle preaching. And uh, so we might call it the Bare Knuckle Series. And uh, so, but what we're doing um, this Sunday uh, over the month of January, um, and uh, we'll, we'll start a new series in, in February, is we're using one scripture and we're building an entire series using all the related scriptures and teaching from those scriptures the Word of God. And so we started last Sunday with Galatians 2.20. Uh, which says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I just quickly, before I continue, want to go over um, the morning's message. Uh, last Sunday morning's message was that we um, need to learn to live our year by faith. Um, and I spoke about how um, that the life we live, we live in the flesh, we live by faith, and that we live a life in the flesh. It's a, it's a flesh life which we live by faith, that we, we take our natural world and we make it a spiritual world. We have a, a life in Christ. And then on Sunday night, I spoke about how that Jesus Christ um, has, um, as we have been um, resurrected in him, um, we no longer die, that when Jesus Christ died upon the cross, he dies no more, that he, when he rose from the dead, he dies no more, and that we are resurrected with him and that we live in him. And so um, uh, this morning, I want to speak um, about this um, coming back to the original. I'm going to be chopping and through the month, I'm going to be going through the verse to the beginning and to the end of the verse. And this morning, I want to concentrate on this section, it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Now, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 3 said this, For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now, if we tie these two together, it says, It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. In Colossians, For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now, hidden really struck me as I was reading it because we live in the most exposed society that's ever been. Um, it started with um, the uh, cameras that were put on the streets uh, and surveillance cameras and we have, Britain has become the most um, watched nation on earth. And uh, there are actually, I believe, more cameras in the UK than all of Europe put together. And we, we're obsessed with, with watching. Um, at first it's called for security and personal reasons, and now it's just because we like watching people. Uh, and if, the, um, if, the acti- if your activity is illegal, uh, then it's there to put you in court and also for YouTube viewing after. Uh, and if it's plain stupid, then it's just for YouTube. And, but either way, the world has gotten used to watching each other and, and seeing our lives being exposed to 
uh, the world and exposed that everything that we do and say is opened up to the whole world. We, we live in a Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter generation that we declare and shout out aloud continuously what we're doing and why we're doing it. I, I don't, but some people do. I select <laughs> what I want to say. <laughs> and, and we live in this world where everybody knows what we're doing. In fact, Google um, knows not only um, who you are, they know what you buy, they know where you live, they know what you can afford to buy. They, they also know how, uh, and this is controversial whether they do it or not, but they know how to steer your Google search to websites that charge more money. Um, in fact, there are companies that will change the price according to your Google search to where you live and your shopping activity because all of that activity is recorded. They know exactly what you can afford to pay. Therefore, they're not going to give you the cheapest price, but they're going to give you a more expensive price because you've got the money. And uh, and so they can, they can change prices. You can, one person can do one search, somebody else can do another search, and you can end up with two different prices, two different products, uh, based on uh, the fact of what they've decided you can have, what you can afford, etc., etc. That's the world we live in. Mobile phone companies know more about who your friends are than your friends do. <laughs> they, know, um, they know where you go. They know who you go with. They know, uh, they record where you sleep and who sleeps in the same place with you. <laughs> they, they, they record who your friends are and who your personal friends are. They, they want to know what it is that you're looking at so that your friends, <laughs> so that your friends can now be encouraged to look at the things that you're looking at and to buy the things that you're buying. This is recorded information. Your life is on the internet. In 1826, the first photograph uh, was produced. By the turn of the 20th century, literally millions of photographs had been taken. Today, every two minutes, more photos are taken than in the first uh, Eight, uh, 74 years of photography when literally millions so millions of photographs are taken every day uh, 300 million photos are uploaded onto Facebook every day um, there are over a billion photographs but in 2012 there were over a billion photographs on Instagram and 3.8 trillion that's 3.8 with 14 zeros four photographs have been taken so far 3.8 trillion photographs have been taken so far. And we live in a world that is seen, that is exposed, that is lived in the open. There is nothing secret anymore. But we have a promise from Christ which today seems more foreign than ever before. And it's this, for you died and your life is hidden in Christ with God. In other words... See, people are looking for a life. They're looking for the life they should be living. And, and we look for the life we should be living in the exposed and in the world that goes on around us. 
I was given a, a beautiful book um, at Christmas which shows the stunning places of the world. And I'm looking at it going, oh, I want to, I want to go there. Oh, I want to go there too. <laughs> There's all these amazing places that you just want to go and you see it. And we, we spend our, our life looking at the things out there to see what our life should be and what it should become. Um, I was talking to someone recently about the uh, podcasts and the things that um, they listen to, and which is I encourage you to listen to um, podcasts and, and to feed yourself with the Word of God. I encourage you to download um, the church messages and to um, take them over and over again um, to get it into your heart. But the Bible says your life is hidden in Christ. So when we are looking out, we need to be looking in. Your life is hidden. In other words, we look out to see what we can see, but we need to look in to find what is given. We're looking out to see if there's something which I can grab a hold of, something which I can do, something which I can aspire to. All of these are correct and proper. They're part of the they're part of the life uh, that we have and part of the motivation that, that inspires us. You see something, it inspires you, it creates an imagination. You creatively work out how you can make that part of your world or what you would do differently. And so you live your life. But, but there is a life which is hidden in Christ. Go with me, will you, to 1 Peter 3. One Peter one, sorry. One Peter one, verse three says this: "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to His abundant mercy, has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead." He has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. In other words. We have been got begotten in Christ to a living hope. Something which is in Christ is a living hope which gives us the life that we want to live. Now, it goes on in verse 4. It says, To an inheritance, incorruptible and undefiled, that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith, for salvation, ready to be revealed, in the last time. In other words, we have a living hope and an incorruptible inheritance. There is this combination between the life now and the life we will have which will be revealed to us. In other words, there is a revealing, a step by step. You notice that God opens blessings to you but only just a little bit. When God called, I've said this many times, God called Cheryl and I to Scotland uh, in 1995. We're in school of ministries. We get, the, we get this word from God, go to Aberdeen. Um, it's like our whole world changes. Um, our world view changes. We, we looked at the map. We saw the south of England. I remember I had a big map in my office and I'd never looked at it. Never really looked at it even though my father and I would spend many hours poring over maps, old ancient maps and stuff, and we would look at maps. And, but 
I'd never really looked at the map of the UK. And I remember just looking up Aberdeen. And I remember looking up and up and up and up. Oh, my word! I'd never even been to Scotland. I didn't just see Aberdeen. And God called us to Aberdeen. And Aberdeen was birthed in our hearts. And it became, we, we came up here in the, I think it was the June or the July of, of 95 for a summer holiday. Um, and we came up, and from that moment on, it became our home in our hearts. We, we lived, we belonged here. And, and, and God put this place in our, but he never told us everything that would take place. He never told us that we would meet you. He never told you, you would meet me. It was a, a shock and a disappointment, I know, but... <laughs> So, you know, some things God keeps you secret for a reason. <laughs> he certainly never told me all the troubles that we would have. Didn't even tell me that the blessings that we would have. We have, you know, the prophetic, and the, the prophetic gives you a, a, a foggy image of, of the direction that you want to go, but it doesn't reveal the details because there is something which is being revealed and it is hidden in Christ. And so we have a life which is hidden in Him that only you can discover as you walk with Him. Let me go over this again. To a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away. Now, it says in Ephesians 3 verse 17, it says this, That Christ... 317, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. You see, in, in Peter, Peter says, you are reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation. In other words, by faith in Jesus Christ, through, by faith in your salvation, by faith that you gave your life to Jesus Christ you are able to walk into and access what Jesus Christ has put within your heart. Now, He has placed within your heart a life which is a God life. It sits within your heart. I spoke last week about how we can live in our flesh. We have to make a decision. We, have to, we can live in our old nature or we can live in our new nature but if we live in our old nature we don't live in the life which Jesus Christ has placed within our heart let me go back to this 317 that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love now that's critical because that's basically rooted and grounded basically is saying that you will be mature and grow up When you take a seedling and you take a seed, you put it in a little pot plant, that's not rooted and grounded. That's a seedling. Now, I'm not much of a gardener, and I, my version of gardening is mowing the lawn and hacking at things <laughs> with as sharp an instrument as I could possibly find and as big an instrument. And uh, if, if I can use a chainsaw to do to do a job that, that choppers could do, the chainsaw will do. 
And in fact, we had this enormous great bush in front of the house, two big bushes that sort of grown up since we'd moved. And they got to the point where you couldn't see the garden because of the bush. And they're just, a chainsaw was what I found suitable to cut. <laughs> Could have done it with choppers, but, but a chainsaw, you know. And, but I've discovered that, that a seedling is not rooted. It has to be, it has to grow and then it has to be planted out and rooted into the ground to become a plant which becomes mature, something which grows and becomes strong. And God wants you to grow up. He wants you to be strong that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. Let's read on. Verse 18 says, that you may be able to comprehend Everyone say comprehend. Comprehend is understand. Get a revelation of. Understand the depth and the width of it. Comprehend it. Understand the nature of it. You know, when I came to Aberdeen, um, I would drive down the roads according to the map, but I didn't know, I didn't know the side streets. I didn't know the, the shortcuts. I didn't know... And so I didn't really know quite the direction. So it's kind of like I didn't really comprehend Aberdeen. I knew how to get from A to B, but I, I didn't understand all of it. Now I know all of the streets and the side streets, so I kind of comprehend it. Does that make sense to you? That's what comprehending does. It, it gives you the full picture. That you may be able to comprehend with all of the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. This is not an, in, an eternal promise for heaven that you understand this. This is something which Paul is saying that you may be able to do now. Let me just take a step back. Think about how deep that is. What? That I may be able to comprehend the width, the length, the depth and the height of an immeasurable God. You see, there is a life which is hidden in Christ for you, which is far greater than the life you see outside. See, many people are looking on the outside and affected by the outside and what goes on on the outside affects their inside. But your inside should be changing your outside, not the other way around. People are looking out. What's going on? What's happening over there? What's going on over there? Well, it doesn't matter. Mind your own business. Find the life you have in Jesus Christ. For you have been hidden. Your life is hidden in Christ. In other words, you want to know what is precious for you. It is hidden in him and only you are able to source it now I want to finish this morning by, with this section when I say finish that's one of those classic preacher words it's a long ending <laughs> Revelation 2.17 he who has an ear let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes. 
What does overcoming mean? Basically this, to him who finds Jesus Christ in his heart and lives with him. That's overcoming. That's it. I will give some of the hidden manna to eat and I will give him a white stone and on the stone a new name written which no one knows except him who receives it. Now how many of you want a white stone? Thanks. <laughs> yeah, you I've got a white stone. Wow. I bet it's old. <laughs> Look, they polished it for me. There are two things which the Bible says you're going to get. One, the hidden manna, and two, the white stone. Now it says in John six forty eight, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. You see, the stone and the secret is in the hidden manna. The hidden manna is the knowledge and the knowing of Jesus Christ as you spend time with him. As you spend time with him, you consume him. And it's hidden because it is revealed revelation to your heart of who he is and who you are in him. It's hidden, but it's revealed. Does that make sense to you? Now this is important because we come then to the stone. We come to a hidden manner, which is the food, the revelation of the word of God in your life, Jesus Christ. Jesus reveals his word to you within your heart as you seek him and as you walk with him as you pray in other words as you grow and mature in him we are rooted and grounded in love and then we come to this and it says to the stone now the stone is something which in Roman times and ancient times was a really it was an important part of life because the stone had a few meanings, but it was essentially a stone of acquittal or a stone of rejection depending on what color of stone you had. Now, Paul used the stone before he got saved to vote and it was a voting stone. They would use the stone to vote on someone's guilt. So a black stone would be cast if they said the person was guilty but a white stone if they were innocent. Now, this stone also gave you, it was like an all-access card. If you possessed the stone, the white stone, you had all access to parts of society that others didn't have. It was an all-access. It was like you are allowed. This is rightfully yours. Someone who was taken to court and said you're guilty, if they were given a white stone then that white stone became theirs. It wasn't just cast, it became theirs. And they owned that stone for which they could say, I'm innocent. I'm not guilty. Now, it says in, in uh, let me just give you a scriptural reference for this, Acts 26.10. This is Paul speaking about his life, who he was. This I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints are shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests... When they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. That word vote is the word 
stone. I cast my stone against them. So Paul used a stone to vote, but God uses a stone, a white stone, which has powerful ramifications. Because he says, I give you a white stone, which is your acquittal, your innocence, your life. But this is the important part. But it has a name on it that only you will know. I give you a name that only you will know. Now, what's important about that? What is important is about your life of who you are. Now, let's come back a bit. As a child, you're growing up at home. Your parents have little pet names for you. I've got pet names in our house. I use them from time to time. I won't tell them now because they're family names. They're just little names that we use for one another and they're personal names that we use. Now, in our home, that, those, that name calling determines an acceptance and a closeness of heart which positions our children and our family together in a place where no one else can come. All right? That's what makes you precious to us but not part of my family. Because <laughs> you don't know the name. Are you with me here? Does that make sense to you? So what makes the family unique is that what ties it to that little tight boundary is there are names and only people in the family know the name. And that's what gives them access. My kids, with the names that we use, with those names there is a closeness and out of that they gain identity. When you grow up in a secure home, you grow up in a secure identity. In the family I grew up in, we all, my mother was, she would give us the most funny names. She had all sorts of names for all of us. And, and we had names in our family and those names identified us as part of our family and it gave us a security that we were something there was something special right here and it launched us into life our life which was hidden within our family our natural life there was something which trained and developed us right in that place now the Bible says you have a white stone which is a stone of acquittal and it's a stone of all access you have an all-access stone which gives you access to all areas of your life in Jesus Christ. Now that all-access stone gives you, it's not just an all-access stone like, like your visitor come in, oh, this is a special gift. No, you have a secret name. And that secret name means you have closeness and access to the Father. You are unique to Him with a unique name. Everybody else calls you the name that you've been called, but He gives you another name. He gives you the name of salvation which declares who you are. And that life which you have in Him is hidden in Christ. Wow. And many people are out searching for a life. They're searching for a world. They're searching for things. What can I be? How can I do it? Your life is hidden in Christ. If you spend time in Christ, then your life is revealed in Him. And in Him, you walk with Him with closeness and unity. You know, 
so many times people come along and they, they, we go through seasons where we disconnect with God, where we struggle in our walk with God, where we, we feel distant from Him, but there a white stone is given. A stone of acquittal. By the way, not guilty. Oh my word. I'm not guilty. I'm not judged. And on it is a name. It's my name. Not a name which other people know. It's my name that he calls me in the secret place when it's just me and him. That's my name. And that means I've got access. I've got closeness. I've got acceptance. I've got identity. I've got purpose. I've got capability to understand. I'm rooted I'm grounded. I'm doing what God has called me to do. You know, you want to find out who you are in Christ? You want to find out? You start in the hidden place. You start with your walk with Him and your prayer life with Him. You know, I found out who I was as a child in Christ because I just talk to him in my bed and I'd go off to sleep and I would I would in my childish ways dream of preaching and dream of doing these crazy things and the life that I live I found it was it was the life that was hidden in him that I'm living now and my imagination I can imagine that I would do many things I can imagine that I would, I would go many places. But I've discovered this, that it's only what I discover hidden in Him is what I actually do. It's not, it's not everything else. You know, you can be touched and blessed and inspired by all sorts of other Christians and their lifestyles and their churches and the things that they do and the marvellous things and we want to do that well that's marvellous we might but first what we're going to do is we're going to get we're going to find what was hidden in Christ for us and that's what we're going to do and that's what will drive us forward and we'll use everything else to to help us along the way but what we do is what we discover and what we do is revealed from our core identity People go off on these journeys to find themselves. Jesus Christ is in your heart. And He is the truth that reveals who you really are in Him. Let's stand up, shall we? For more information about the church, visit us online at www.thejunctionchurch.com or come along and see for yourself in one of our services.